Just the designer of computer viruses saying the village idiot, the village global village must have its village village idiots. Uh, he delivered it much better than I did. <laughs> he holds numerous awards, including the Crawford Prize from the Royal Swedish Academy. And yesterday, the University of Melbourne acknowledged his achievements by awarding him a rare Doctor of Science honoris causa. He's indeed one of the most distinguished scientists of the day and the most appropriate person to deliver the inaugural Derek Denton Lecture in Science and the Arts. Please make welcome Lord Martin Rees. Chancellor, Vice-Chancellor, Governor, Prime Minister, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, let me first say what a great pleasure and privilege it is for me to be here today, and I would like to add my tribute to uh, Derek Denton. Uh, it is certainly because of him that I am here, and I think this university is fortunate to have someone who is not only a great scientist, but a great humanist and great scholar and I'm delighted to be inaugurating a lecture series in his name. Can we turn the lights down a little bit? Please, to see the slides better. Um, I'm not going to give a sermon, um, but I am going to start with a text. And my text is the famous closing words of Darwin's Origin of Species. That's better, yes. Um, whilst this planet has been cycling on, according to the fixed law of gravity, from so simple a beginning, forms most wonderful have been and are being evolved. Darwin's simple beginning, the young Earth with its complex chemistry and geology cycling on in its orbit, is itself a very complicated system. And astronomers aim to probe back still further and to set our entire solar system in a broader expanse of space and time. And we've made some progress. We can understand how, starting from some still mysterious Genesis event nearly 14 billion years ago, atoms, galaxies, stars and planets emerged. And on at least one planet, our Earth, life began and Darwinian selection led to the emergence of creatures able to ponder their origins, the wonder and the mystery. That happened here. We don't know if it happened anywhere else. I'll try to highlight this evening some themes that seem specially interesting today and which confront astronomers with challenges for the coming decades. I can't claim to be much of a visionary myself. I sometimes get asked for horoscopes, but I tell people they couldn't afford them. Um, but my next picture shows someone who was a visionary. Many of you will recognize him. That's Arthur C. Clarke. He lived in Sri Lanka and he died in 2007, age 90. Clarke said that his greatest wish was to see the discovery of alien life. And sadly, he didn't. But he did live long enough to see human life venture beyond the Earth. He wasn't, of course, the first person to think about space travel. Among his precursors was the great Isaac Newton, the most distinguished alumnus of my Cambridge College, so I'll give him a plug. 
but I have to say he was the most unattractive character compared to Darwin. He was solitary and obsessive when young, vain and vindictive when older. So a most unpleasant man. <laughs> but in the English version of his great work, Principia, there is this picture, which I think is still the clearest way to explain the idea of orbital flight. You can see what's happening. A cannon is being fired from a mountaintop, and if it's fired fast enough, then its trajectory curves down no faster than the Earth curves away underneath it. It goes into orbit. Now, Newton could have calculated that to go into orbit, the cannon would have to be fired at 18,000 miles an hour, far beyond, of course, the feasibility of the cannon of his time. And as we know, the first to achieve that escape velocity was...